Want to help me make the Productivity on Purpose podcast even better? Leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. What do you love hearing about? What motivates or inspires you? I would seriously love to know and want to serve up more for you. So go to Apple Podcast right now and leave me a review. I can't wait to hear from you. All right, Mama. You started your business because you're great at what you do and you want to do it on your terms. Hello, freedom and flexibility. But you're a couple of years in, handcuffed to your biz, more overwhelmed than ever. You feel like you're not doing anything well at work or with your fam. If that's you, stay tuned. I'm Ridhu Parikh, mom of two, wife of one, former professional organizer turned productivity pro, here to help women like you with growing businesses stop drowning and start controlling all your demands and distractions. Welcome to Productivity on Purpose. Okay, sweet friend. Hope you're having a great week. I am reading such a good book. You may have already read this because it's been out for a while, but it's a Brene Brown awesomeness, Atlas of the Heart, Mapping Meaningful Connection and the Language of Human Experience. I'm reading it by book club. Literally, I love everything this woman says and writes. Well, how is she so brilliant? I don't even understand, but she is so honest and raw and ridiculously smart. I actually only read, I think, one of her other books, which is crazy. Now, this is a reminder to me why I need to read all of them, but I listened to her podcast and actually saw her speak live and at an event that I was speaking at a few years ago. So anyway, she's my, one of my faves. But the premise of this book, if you haven't read it yet, I'm, I'm not giving anything away here, but is essentially that we really only relate to four basic feelings. I think it's like happiness, sadness, anger, and... I don't even remember the fourth one, whatever, but it's like four basic uh, feelings. But she takes us on a journey through 87 feelings, like 87 of the emotions and experiences that define what it means to be human. So it's an amazing book. And one of the emotions that she talks about is disappointment. And by the way, I'm just on like chapter four. So I think I just finished this and uh, this I actually was going to talk about something completely different today, but I read that. That was the last thing I read before I went to bed last night, and this completely sparked the idea for today. So let me say that by saying that throughout this book, I was just nodding my head in agreement. If you've ever read anything by Brene, you're like, how does she have a window into my house or a camera like into my bedroom? It's a little scary, right? But this particular feeling of disappointment really, really, really hit home for me. So I'm going to paraphrase what she says. If I was smart, I would have actually had the book with me in front of me while I'm doing this, but I'll just go by memory. But basically, she says that disappointment often results from not laying out expectations well, right? Either the expectations, which are internal, like there are these voices in our head, or the expectations to other people externally. So for example, um, again, I'm going off memory, but she says something like, so let's say you're preparing for a big presentation and you tell your team, oh my gosh, you guys are going to love this presentation. And you're basically, by doing that, setting yourself up for disappointment because what if they don't? So is there another way for you to validate or feel good about yourself, okay? Or the other examples that she gives that really, really hit home with me were the ones that were external. So that's like more internal, right? You're almost like basically setting yourself up for disappointing disappointment because you're relying on the reaction of somebody else. 
But the ones that I was like, oh my gosh, seriously, she's right here next to me in bed, I think, um, was the one that she talks about like with her and her husband and how she goes through how both of them have felt disappointed with each other, you know, through the marriage. So for example, like let's say they're going away for the weekend. She's thinking, oh, we're going away with, going away with the family. I'm going to relax and read books. And he's thinking, we're going for family time together to do all all things together, see sights and play games, right? Or something like that. She's thinking a little bit more alone time. He's thinking more family time. Or if let's say she's away for the weekend, like she's out of town and her husband is home with the kids, her expectation is that he's going to get all these things done around the house. He's going to do some personal things. Let's say it's, I'm going to make this up, but like bills or something, and then some home things done as well as take care of the kids. And he's thinking, my 100% focus is on the kids. So I'm going to go to all their games and do fun sleepovers and do movies with them, but I'm not going to touch anything else in the house. So now they have these huge expectation gaps, right? And it causes a lot of problems. And so this is, this are challenges, right? And this was like where I was really relating to. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so me and my husband. So they now, Brene and her husband, have these expectation conversations to make sure they're on the same page whenever something is going on, an event or they're planning for something or a vacation or a weekend or anything like that. And they find out often they're not on the same page, but then they figure it out, right? They have a conversation, they figure it out. So this got me thinking about business. Well, first it got me thinking about how I definitely need to apply this in my marriage and start these conversations with my hubby too. We have an anniversary coming up and there was always disappointment on my end, which is really not fair for him, right? I just need to let him know what I expect and he needs to let me know what I expect so we're both on the same page. But I digress. Okay, so that was definitely my first thought on that. But then I was thinking, okay, as far as work and business, how we often get frustrated at either ourselves or with our clients, or maybe there is a frustration or a confusion, or even what we might consider ignorance on our client's part about us, which is really our fault because we haven't educated them properly, right? And all of this could be avoided, all this like either them or us feeling irate or frustrated by setting very clear expectations, which by the way, I would typically reference as boundaries but I think setting expectations is a perfect term for this. Sometimes I think it's best to just illustrate my point through client stories because they're the most relatable. So I got a couple here for you. Okay, if you're in a service-based industry and it's not crystal clear what you do and how you do it, as in exactly what your process is, you have a huge opportunity here to enhance the customer experience, like get easier buy-in, potentially get more sales and have just better brand affinity simply because you're setting expectations. One of my past clients has a painting business. She does like custom specialty finishes for cabinets and floors and furniture and mantles and moldings and walls. She is incredible. She does these amazing murals. I mean, she's an artist and she does this beautiful creative work. So one of her goals when we were working together was to increase her revenue by consistently getting on marketing efforts to support that goal, like to be really consistent about them. So we were working on getting that together, what that looks like, getting it into her calendar, and then getting her 
staying accountable to it. So she was actually doing it, right? So we typically go through a series of questions and brainstorming, like what's working, what's not working, what's your energy, what's best, you know, all that kind of stuff. But not only in marketing, but then also we go through that same set of questions when it comes to her ideal client, when it comes to the the customers that she wants to attract, that she loves working with. Like what's working with them? What's not working for them? Like where do they push back before they become clients when they're your prospects? Where is there any confusion? Is there a gap in the process, right? And what she identified was that she can explain her process of what she does because it's so customized, right? It's so personal. She can explain that to people really well once she gets them on the phone. Okay, then they understand it. She's like, here's step one, step two, step three, because it's really personal to you and I can do this or that or that, whatever, whatever. But what she identified was that on her website, that really is not clear. And what we determined was that that might be holding back people from getting in touch with her. Right? If someone actually just you know found her on Google or was a reference, got on her site, if they don't know what to expect, they might not contact her just out of fear, right? Maybe they're like, I don't know, is she gonna, am I gonna be roped into this thing if I have a call? Is there even a console call? Am I gonna be charged for this? Is she way out of my uh, you know, budget? Like, what does this feel like? I, I, don't, I just don't even know what to expect, right? This, Sometimes it's just like that fear of that. And it's only a few seconds or on the site, and right? It might just kind of shut you down or even worse, make you Google it again and find a competitor that did make it crystal clear. So that person naturally feels more comfortable reaching out to someone else, not because they're more skilled or more creative or have a better service or offering, but simply because they set their expectations more clearly. Your prospects and all people have preconceived notions. So they might be thinking all these things before they've even spoken to her. Maybe they think, oh, I'm locked in if I talk to her or she has some set packages or she can't customize the way I want. Or again, she's not in my budget. Like whatever stories they have, we all tell ourselves stories. We all have preconceived notions and then we apply them to the situation or the circumstance that we're in. It's just natural. Right. Again, it has nothing to do with your skills, but we're, or the person's skills that you're thinking about. It's just what we bring to the table. We bring these kind of stories, either from what we've randomly heard, what we've Googled, what someone has told us from a past experience, whatever. We bring the baggage. You know what I'm saying? So if you have these really clear expectations, if she had that, then it could potentially just remove some of these barriers that could potentially be holding back somebody from, you know, reaching out and taking that first step with her or from going to a competitor. Another example of setting client expectations so you ensure that everybody's on the same page is about deliverables. When I'm now actually thinking back on this, there are so many coaching calls that I have with, with my fantastic women that I coach with that have overextended themselves. Right. They typically, because they've overpromised, that's really because they haven't thought through the plan. Right. So if they have a new client or they have some new projects, they say, yes, I can do it in this time frame, or just sort of say, oh, yes, typically it's one week. So we can do it in a week. But without really thinking through everything else they have going on on their plate and given the resources they have on their team and the existing projects they have, it may take twice or three times that amount of time. It may take them, let's say, not one week, but two weeks or three. 
right? And But you just blurt out without thinking or planning, oh yeah, we'll have it in a week, okay? So now if you want to soften the blow, you might say instead, hey, you know what? Since I've thought this through, the deliverables, here's where they are. We're actually going to have that, let's say it's a media plan. We'll have that media plan for you in two weeks. But in one week, we can just get you that outline or that overview, just to let you know, you know, we're kind of working on it. Don't hold their feet to the ground on this, but just to let you know the direction we're going in. So essentially you're creating expectations so they know that things are happening, right? That you're, you know, that you're managing your own load and everyone is at least somewhat happy that there is some movement, there is some progress. Okay, that's just one example. And that might not be necessarily the way that you set up your expectations, but I just want to let you know that there are ways that even when you push out a deadline, when you're, you know, say, I can't do it in this much time, it's going to take a little longer, how you can set expectations along the way. Okay. Again, that's one example of, I'd see this happen time and time again. So as business owners, we screw ourselves over trying to meet expectations that we think a customer or a client wants to hear, but we don't really know. We don't really know what's in their head or how they're going to respond, right? Just like we don't know the stories that other people are bringing to the table before we've even had a chance to speak to them, which is why you've got to get all this stuff out up front, all the expectations. So I just made a doctor's appointment with a neurologist for my mother-in-law. I found out he is quote unquote, the best in Nashville. And I called and the nurse, or I guess the scheduler answered and she said, he's not available this week. He's on vacation for two weeks after that, and then booked for a week when he gets back. So the earliest we could see him was in five weeks. Now, in my mind, I'd like to meet him tomorrow, right? It's like, I would like that. I have this urgency, but she set that expectation. I received it. I accepted it. And now we're all good. I know it's not like that in every situation. Now, I could have said, listen, if you can't get me in, I'm going to have to call. I'm going to go to a different doctor, in which case she could have said, all right, let me check with him. Let me see if there's any way we can squeeze you in or I can put you on a wait list if someone cancels, right? There are negotiation tactics, but ultimately being realistic is setting us both up for satisfaction instead of disappointment. And that's what this is all about. Setting expectations. There's no confusion. There's no ignorance. There is no setting stories in our head. And ultimately, there's no disappointment about the result. Okay. So another way I see this a lot is in setting expectation for results and doing it in a way that, again, like really brings this up front and doesn't cause any disappointment. So one of my long-term clients is actually a male. I have mentioned him before. He's a fantastic lawyer. He's been coaching with me for years and he works uh, basically in like foreclosure law. He's very successful. He's grown a great practice, but his cases can take upwards of a year to close, which is very natural in the types of cases that he has. He was telling me recently how he's been dealing with quite a few frustrated clients about how long the process takes. And it's really annoying him because it's taking him a lot of like mental energy and bandwidth dealing with these clients and their frustrations. So I asked him, do you talk about this with them when they sign up with you? Or like, do they know what they what to expect? And he said, yes, it's definitely a point I mentioned in our kickoff meeting. Okay, so 
It's a mention and it's in the kickoff meeting. Two kind of red flags there, right? So really, do you expect anyone to remember any of the details, just a little mention of something that you might've told them three months ago, six months ago, or nine months ago? Or if you're like me, I can't even remember detail three, six or nine days ago, right? Like that's just not enough. So in fact, okay, I'm just going to total sidebar here. I just rejoined a women's co-working space here in Nashville and I accidentally found out that if you're a member, you get 10% discount on a lot of the stores that are right next to it. These like really cute boutiques. And I was went to, I bought something there and I happened to mention the co-working space. I got my 10% off. And so when I was speaking to, to the director of the co-working space, I was like, oh my gosh, I totally didn't know that was a benefit of being a member. That's awesome. She's like, you didn't know that? I'm, that makes me like a little sad that you didn't know because we thought it was really well known. And I was like, you know what? I'm sure I read it on the bullet point when I signed up. Like there's a sign up sheet. I'm sure there was a few bullets, but I just don't remember that. And so that really reminded me of exactly what my client was saying. It's something he mentioned at a kickoff meeting, or maybe it was in a piece of documentation, but no one remembers that. Right. So then when the time comes, the expectation, can lead to disappointment. In my case, it led to something really great, right? Because I got something I wasn't expecting in a good way, but often it can be something you're not expecting in a negative way. Okay, so back to my lawyer client. So to set expectations and alleviate frustration or surprise from his clients, we put together a workflow for this. So now he has an entire document. I mean, literally, ladies, one full page that he goes through with his clients at the kickoff meeting. And it's and I think the title is like, here's what to expect over the next one year. Like literally that's what it says. So here's what you can expect at month one. Here's what you can expect at three months. Here's what you can expect at six months, at nine months, at one year, right? It's no longer just to mention. He also has that same information on a newly added page on his website. We also put together a touch base, like an autoresponder at the three-month point, the six-month point, and the nine-month mark. So it's a pretty generic because everyone's case is different and some people's cases are wrapped up in seven months. But the communications basically just kind of say, hey, you know, we're working on things, sit tight, don't worry. As we mentioned, this process can take a while, but no worries, you're in good hands, right? And then he can have personalized conversations with them, but it's kind of just that reminder, like, hey, remember, this could take up to a year. That's very normal. You're right on track. So now the expectations are set before they become a client on the website, right? When they're a prospect. The expectations are set once they become a client very explicitly in the kickoff meeting and the expectations are set along their entire journey. There's no confusion and there's no surprise about what to expect. Therefore, there is no disappointment. In fact, if he does close the case in seven or eight months, which does happen quite often, all he's done is is just exceeded their expectations. Instead of them going to a place of disappointment, they are excited. They want to refer him to new people, right? And it's just been an amazing experience. So my dear love, where can you clarify an expectation that you might just be taking for granted 
or you're thinking in your own head, or you're assuming everybody else must already know this, or this seems obvious, because I guarantee you it is not to every single person. In fact, my love, this serves up the challenge of the week so well. You have spent your precious time with me and I want to make sure it is 100% worth it. So today's action is to identify one expectation that isn't totally clear. And then step two, it's a step, it's a two-parter. Okay. So identify that expectation that's not really clear. Maybe you feel like it's clear to you, but it's not really clear to everybody else. And then step two, block 30 minutes on your calendar to work on it this week. Some type of communication, some type of clarity, some type of conversation you're going to have. Do those two next steps within the next 24 hours. Just pick it and block it on your calendar. With this clarity, it is possible that you will grow your brand. You will increase your sales. You will strengthen your reputation while also decrease your frustrations and disappointments. I really hope you take this challenge seriously and do this thing. It is so good. All right. So how was that for your inspiration today? Wait, my friend, it doesn't stop there. I also want you to get your hands on some awesome free resources, like maybe how to finally get focused, stop procrastinating, and finally move on those things that you know you really should be doing. So come on over to lifeisorganized.com forward slash resources. Take your pick or get them all. I would love for you to get your hands on them and uh, start joining me on this journey to be productive on purpose. I hope I've served you today. I really cannot thank you enough for listening and sharing. Yes, share and leave that review. As always, you are the best for showing up here. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for your time, loving vibes, positive energy. Know that I am sending them right back your way. I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.